coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We celebrate National Trivia Day by discovering that Mark and I are twins. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including some Nintendo Direct speculation. And then on Thursday, we're going to be ranking the Koopas. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I am basking in my favorite time of year, which, of course, is Nintendo Direct speculation time. Ooh, and I would say that it is most of the year, right? It's like there's a window in December where we're not thinking about a new Nintendo Direct? Yeah, I mean, it's total... Nintendo Directs are like uh, Homer's suggestion for Poochie, where... Right, and whenever there isn't one, the rest of us are saying, where's the Nintendo Direct? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and I would say they're just about as cool, too. They've got just as much attitude. Attitude, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll get into uh, what we think... Uh, the the new Nintendo Direct will be or no we actually already direct we already predicted what all the Nintendo Directs for the year are going to be right right uh, so go back to a previous episode and uh, find that one just last week we ju- we just did it on Thursday um what else we did on Thursday we informed you about the Sonic Forces borrowing program we here we are re-upping that uh, reminder <laughs> or promise informa- yeah it is a promise it is thank you um a if, solemn bond mm-hmm, if you would between like between man and listener that's right between men and listener right because it's we we're sharing that's it. true we're men um if you would like to borrow my copy of sonic forces you can all you gotta do is write to us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. And give us a mailing address and i send my copy of this game to you and you play it for as long as you want and then you send it back yeah, Patrick includes postage, so it costs you nothing, and you don't have to worry about remembering Patrick's address. That's right. It's already written on... You don't, Look, it's not like I give you a call and tell you my address and say, please don't write this down. You will have it in your email. No, you won't have it in your email. It'll just be on the envelope. You don't need, you don't need to keep track of anything. Yeah. This last 30 seconds, don't even worry about it. No. Worry about this next 30 seconds, though, because we've got some thank yous. That's right. Um, major plot flaw. Christopher Lee and I'm pretty sure my nephew because the um the review reads good job uncle mark yeah that's I mean I I do secretly refer to you as uncle mark but I don't think even once on this show that I've actually done that no not on Mike um and but thank you to all of them and everybody who's been leaving us five star reviews wherever you get the, your podcast I check Apple Podcasts in the US but we appreciate it everywhere. Yeah, and if you're leaving us a review somewhere and you're afraid that we're not going to see it, you can always take a little screen grab and email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We'll give you a little shout out on the show. Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yes, please. Mark, I'm beginning to think that we are becoming broken records because... I've been playing Dragon Quest XI S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, and I don't have any new updates on it. Yeah, and I put away Pokemon for the moment so Childish I can return things. to Fire Emblem Three Houses, mm-hmm. which I promised myself that after 
Luigi's Mansion 3 came out that uh, I would return to Fire Emblem. Never did. Got sidetracked by other stuff. Played Pokemon for a little bit. But I'm so close to finishing Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think. One playthrough of it. Right. Um, I'm on chapter... I just finished chapter 19. I'm on chapter 20. And I believe there's 22 chapters. I believe there's 24. Oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you something about uh, Dragon Quest? 11? Yeah, please. Um, so this may be treading into like light spoiler territory, but o- o- only light. Um, there is a, a portion of the game where your party gets broken up, right? And then you have to spend some time reassembling the party. Um, and it feels very much uh, like Final Fantasy VI in that regard. Um, but unlike Final Fantasy VI, the game sort of like shows you what everyone is doing during the break and like makes you like play it. Um, so you're like very plugged into what everyone, you know, like in, in Final Fantasy VI, the world ends mm-hmm. and like you kind of run into all the characters one by one and you like you see what they've been up to um, sort of just by virtue of, you know, where they are. Um, Dragon Quest XI actually makes you like play through those like bits of solo development, um, which is really, uh, really cool. The one thing that is freaking me out it is that it has withheld the fate of two of the characters that I kept in my party like full time. I haven't seen their individual adventures, and now that I'm putting the party together, I have not seen hide nor hair of them. So I'm beginning to get worried that my two favorite characters are gone or something. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not true. No one tell me if it is. <laughs> Um, but I continue to have the highest recommendation possible for this game. Fire Emblem Three Houses pulls a similar trick, and that's all I'm going to say. I've also been playing Ooh. Super Mario World. Uh, love that game. Yep. Don't really have anything new to say about it. You know what? I also played a little bit of Super Mario World, maybe not last week, but the week the week before, when like right around the time when you were talking about playing it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. No complaints. <laughs> Game's very good. Holds up. Yep. Um, All right, Mark, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Except maybe not this week. It's not likely. It's not likely that we're really going to be playing any of these games. Um, So I will just list a few. Mm -hmm. On January 9th, Sea King Hunter and Sir Eats A Lot are released on the Switch eShop. Yep. Uh, AO Tennis 2 is also released. AO! And then on uh, January 10th, uh, Technosphere uh, and Drunk Foo Wasted Masters are uh, both so, released. I mean, I think we are. World is still asleep, right? Yeah. We're still recovering from the new year. Um, no real big games come. I mean, very soon, uh, next week. Uh, uh, Fire Emblem. What's it called? Right. Uh, Tokyo Mirage, Mirage Sessions, Sessions. Sharp F E Encore. Um, but that's not this week. That'll be next week. All right. Let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, we are going to be ranking the Muppets on a scale of one to five. Yes. Um, so let's just start with Kermit the Frog. Uh, Kermit's an easy five for me. Absolutely. I feel like he's kind of our North Star Muppet. 
Uh, 100%. When we were preparing for our uh, Christmas Carol episode, which you should go back and listen to if you didn't listen to our show from two weeks ago, um, I watched the Muppet Christmas Carol and uh, remarked to Sarah at the end of it, Kermit's really good in this. And he's really well-rounded. Yeah. Like, as a character. Like, mm-hmm. he can be happy, he can be sad, he can get mad, and you're like, yeah, this all feels natural. Yep. It feels right. Uh, Miss Piggy. Uh, okay. Miss Piggy resorts to violence a lot. I have she's never mean. cared for Miss Piggy. I'm going to say she's a two in uh, my book. I will also, I will agree with you, two. Fozzie Bear. Hack. Two. <laughs> Gonzo. Four. Gonzo's an easy four, I think. Yeah. I didn't used to really like Gonzo that much, but now I really appreciate how weird he is. Me too. And, like, you know, he's a real showman, right? He's going to give you a cool show. Ralph the dog. <laughs> like milk toast. What? <laughs> well, okay. Ralph is neither here nor there for me. We'll put a number on it. Three. Okay, I'm going to say five. Whoa! I love Ralph the dog. Uh, he plays what? the piano. Cause, he because plays the piano. He does. Easy mark. <laughs> Also, there's uh, a scene in one of the Muppet movies where he is uh, asleep in a sleeping bag, and Sarah, one time while watching it, was saying dismissively of what was happening on screen. She said, it's a bear in a blanket. (laughs) He said, no, it's a dog in a sleeping bag. The timing of that laugh was perfect. Uh, Scooter. Who? Sure, okay. (laughs) Scooter's a three, I think. Scooter's uh, reliable. Scooter's definitely lower than Rolf in my book. But he, like, yeah, here's the thing. Ralph, who's a five. <laughs> Fine, he's a three because I guess like in some ways better than Miss Piggy, but Miss Piggy, I don't know. It does feel wrong to make him a two in that instance. Animal. Oh, uh, five. Easy five, I yeah, think. Yeah, easy five. Uh, he, he's the heart and soul of, of the band, uh, so much so that this list of characters that we're reading has... Oh, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Uh, the apologies for the short recording, but that was Andrew W.K. and the Calder Quartet. Um, he, uh, in this video, performs 433, and then someone in the audience yells, play it again, and then he does it again. <laughs> uh, but we're just doing it once. Uh, okay, Mark, let's get on to the news. On Sunday, January 5th, Splatoon 2 received a 5.1.0 update. It's a small update because, you know, like the major content updates ended last year, mm-hmm. but uh, they've said that they're going to continue to issue like balance updates. So that's kind of what we got here. Various weapons and special attacks were balanced. The next update is scheduled for April. So maybe like one every quarter. Yeah. So it's it's nice to know that even though, you know, they're not really adding any new content to the game that they are still like. Like, it's it's not quite as dead as you might imagine, right? Right, exactly. It's not like they set a watch mm-hmm. and then left it. That's right? right. They're constantly tinkering with the watch. Oh, they're just in there. They're tinkering. They're just little watchmakers. Well, how I like to think of them. <laughs> yeah, we're always sane. Little elves. Uh, according to a video from Nintendo of America's official Twitter account in celebration of National Trivia Day, they revealed that Mario and Luigi are twins let's talk about this mark had that been your assumption had you been led to believe previously that mario and luigi are twins i feel like and uh i do not feel like this was just us misinterpreting things that had been put out previously 
whether it had been explicit or not, I think we were led to believe on purpose uh-huh. that they were brothers and not twins. Right. Non-twin brothers, whatever you would call that. Um, so I know that there is a moment in um, Super Mario RPG where you uh, find yourself on a hilltop covered with stars and all the stars are wishes and you can read the stars and therefore read the, read the wishes. And one of them is Luigi's wish and it says, I uh, wish I could be a great plumber like my older brother Mario. And I, I always, you know, that for me was like, yep, that cements their relationship. Right. Older brother. Nobody forced anybody to write that. That's, I mean, you know what I mean? We don't know that. (laughs) What what do you mean? Nobody forced anyone to, what does that that mean, Mark? I'm saying Nintendo, this is no surprise. Right. Right. Somebody at some point knew that this was the case. Also, uh, you know, not that we take the Super Mario Brothers movie as canon, but they are obviously not twins. Right. They may not even really be related <laughs> bob hoskins and john leguizamo they don't read as like N- brothers no to me. not even really close um i like this <laughs> why tell I me like why that they're tell twins. me why tell i me like why. that because uh because mario king like mushroom kingdom mm-hmm. luring canon is like n- n- that doesn't exist sure right there's like loose understanding mm-hmm. of everybody's roles and all that kind of stuff but at a moment's notice nintendo will throw it out the door if they think they've come up with a fun idea right um like the little bit when mario wasn't a plumber anymore right exactly right and so uh yeah i'm i'm totally happy with this i i love that they keep so much of this stuff like close to their vest uh-huh that occasionally they're just like oh by the way You've been playing for these with these characters for years and years and years, and guess what? They're you twins. had a fundamental misunderstanding of their relationship. <laughs> they speak to each other in a weird Italian <laughs> twin language. I love it. Um, let me ask you this: uh, Does the fact that they're twins make you think about their biology more than you would otherwise? How so? I mean, if they're twins, then like you know that they were born at the same time, which means that you have to think about them having been born. I I, so, I almost just prefer the narrative that like Mario and Luigi came to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I think that's probably true, although. Now that you're saying that, I think it would be so much fun. Like we got Cranky Kong, yeah, to get like old ma- old Grandpa Mario. I want to see Grandma uh, Grandma Mario. Come on, like you can skip the parent generation. Totally. I just want to see like super old. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker, this thing, and let's <laughs> skip right to <laughs> the Grandpa generation. Yeah, let's let's fast track this. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, more news from Nintendo of America's Twitter. There are now over 100 million courses that have been uploaded to Super Mario Maker 2. It's a lot of courses. That is a lot of courses. What percentage of those courses do you think you've played? <laughs> oh, man. Like 0.01%. <laughs> Even that's high. Even that's 1,000. <laughs> uh, to celebrate, you can now upload up to 100 courses in Course World. Which is great. Yeah, it's interesting how they've been like stepping that stuff out. Yeah, that... I don't even remember what the limit was at first. 32, maybe? Yeah, that, that's, that sounds right. And then up to 64. Yeah. Uh, and now they're just like, nah, we're, we're done with a that. cool 100. A cool 100. Uh, during an interview with Nikkei, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa elaborated on his relationship to the development teams at Nintendo. He said that it is his goal, quote, to maintain an atmosphere where they can work without restrictions 
while I manage the business. I love this. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I love him being like, look, I am Mr. Business. Uh-huh. Uh, I Everyone's going to make games, and they are Mr. Make Games, but I am Mr. Do Business. Yeah. He continues saying, quote, I do not concern myself with their own processes. I am not the director in charge of the development department and its staff. So I do not see any added value to interfere personally. I always rely on the professionals who know how to handle those situations best whenever I can. Hey, man, stay in your lane. Yeah, I love it. Encourage others to stay in their lane. And I understand, like, that's not, you know, uh, Nintendo's, uh, the role of the Nintendo president, um, you know, previous to this, uh, Satoru Iwata was, um, you know, came from a developer, from a gamer background. Um, And so obviously this is different from that. Right. But, I mean, you know... I, I don't think you necessarily have to uh, be a developer to, uh, you know, elevate good people doing good work. No, and I, I think, if anything, right, like, the fundamental goal of anybody in charge of Nintendo should be to protect the creative side of it. Which totally. Which really is, you know, the best thing about Nintendo. Yeah, and, and so, like, the weirdest, most fragile thing about Nintendo, ab- absolutely. too. Absolutely. And so, like, uh, in Iwata's role... Coming from that background, maybe having more of a, we'll say, like, blanketly, like, creative side that he could collaborate in a more direct way. Whereas Furukawa obviously sees himself as a businessman. So he knows that the best way to protect, like, the fragile part of it is just to remove himself from it. Right. And just be like, no, I'm, I'll do the bit. Uh, look, we're going to make money off of anything we do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, in the same interview, Furukawa expressed Nintendo's commitment to exploring new technologies saying that their hardware development team regularly brings new technology to the software developers. He cited AR as something they were looking into. Uh, to be fair, it was the specific, specific technology that the interviewer was asking about. Yeah, was the, AR. In, the interviewer was saying, uh, you know, with like Apple coming on the scene and like doing more uh, gaming stuff, um, is AR something that uh, you're looking into? Um, and so like, I think that's why he called out AR specifically. Gotcha. Um, cause you know, otherwise like Nintendo sort of did AR stuff, right? Like the, the 3DS had right, those yeah. like AR, uh, mini games. And that's the only example I can think of, but also like Pokemon Go, I understand isn't Nintendo developing it, but it's a brand very closely aligned with Nintendo that is, um, you know, a, a fully AR experience. For, so from my perspective, just as a consumer in my own like little bubble of things that I experience and know. AR to me, it feels like something that companies talk about a ton, but I have never really seen anybody just like casually using AR outside of like Pokemon Go or like Galaxy's Edge. Right. Um, but that, but how is Galaxy's Edge augmented reality? Well, so you do things where you're scanning. Uh, well, I guess, is that augmented reality or is it just like interacting with reality? Right. Because I think of augmented reality as like HoloLens or like Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. right? Where you are. Um, seeing your environment, but then also seeing like some game element added onto it. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I just feel like you know, at every Apple presentation, they do a big like thing about AR, but I I don't know. It doesn't feel like people are excited about AR. Yeah. Oh, and the the thing that's so weird about that is that I was just about to say like what AR probably needs is the like killer application but like 
seemingly that was Pokemon Go. Right. And I think there are obvious like applications for it, like for surgeries and doctors and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen a good right. I just haven't and that has existed yeah. on Yelp for a long time. And I, I don't know. I just have yet to see a good a ton of companies are putting resources behind it. Yeah. But to me it feels a little bit like VR where it's like, yes, there is definitely an audience for it. Yeah. I just don't know how widespread it's going to be. That being said, yes. if you want a Nintendo AR connection, we've talked about Super Nintendo World, which is being built right now at Universal Studios Japan in Osaka, and is also being built uh, at Universal Studios Hollywood, and some version of it will eventually be built in Orlando. The rumor, I don't think they've said it, but like the rumor is that... Rumor time! Uh, Mario, the Mario Kart ride will use AR. Like People will be given... Like you, glasses you'll have, okay. exactly, and so they will use augmented reality to like supplement the sets and everything in the ride. Interesting. Yeah. So um, that could be really cool. It could be really cool. It could be like uh, you know, the Harry Potter ride at Universal, mm-hmm. um, especially back when it used to be three uh, D. When it used to be three D, um, with just a, a nauseating experience, <laughs> just, like like annoying. I mean, there's a reason they got rid of it. Yeah. Um, just really, really bad. Although uh, I just want to bring it back to um AR applications that there are out there right now. Um, it is possible that that is just a corner of video gaming that you and I aren't totally plugged into, because like that Harry Potter Wizards Unite game, like right. that's at least moderately successful. Yeah, there was Ghostbusters World a, a couple um months ago. So like those games are coming out. They continue to make them, and presumably they're still making money. Um, but like. Yeah, it's just not... I mean, if if the only thing that AR does is another version of Pokemon Go, I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, I completely agree. For, excuse me, Furukawa also spoke on cloud gaming, which he believes could, quote, could capture the public interest in 10 years from now, end quote. Uh, but until such time as the technology is m- more reliable, that he still thinks that, like, dedicated hardware is the way to go. So take that, Google. <laughs> well, I think it also makes sense, right? Because from Nintendo's perspective, mm-hmm. where they are always, they're not really the bleeding out of edge of technology. They're followers. And so it makes sense for other people to, uh, Nintendo's not going to forge ahead in that, right? They're going right. to let yeah. Microsoft, they're going to let Google, they're going to let other companies figure it out. And then they will determine how that best fits into what Nintendo does. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's also just like part of the um, like whole ethos of Nintendo is like collecting and like having the thing, you know what I mean? So that uh, like actually owning the piece of Nintendo hardware is part of the experience of playing a Nintendo game. Totally. So like, you know, they Nintendo games are on phones, but like. That's sort of something that they had to be dragged into kicking and screaming because they needed to, you know, like make money as the Wii U was uh, sunsetting. Um, so, like, I, I think they're for as long as humanly possible going to be hanging on to the idea that you need to have a piece of Nintendo hardware to play Nintendo games. Now, in cloud gaming, to me, also feels like something a little bit like AR, where we've all collectively agreed that it is the future and. It makes a ton of sense. Like, I'm totally on board with that idea, but we have yet to see that turn into reality. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've all agreed that yeah, it's the future a wi- of gaming. At least a widely adopted reality, right? right. Like, because, uh, you know, Google Stadia does exist. Um, it's just not really 
uh, in wide use yet. Yeah, right. I guess what I'm saying is I feel like we're all like, yes, this is the future of gaming Mm -hmm. in the same way we're like AR is the next big like thing that people want or whatever. But we have actually yet to see that proven out. Right, right, right. And I mean, it does it does make sense, just as like everything else has gone streaming completely. Like, uh, you know that that's how I expect to watch new movies. It's how I expect to watch new TV shows. It's how I expect to hear new music. Um, like all of it is streamed. Uh, so it stands to reason that games would be sort of like the next of those dominoes to fall. But I mean, yeah, I there there are just so many times where like, uh. You know, do you want to be playing a game and then like on the bus and like then lose connection to it and then not be able to play for a little bit or like not be able to play at all on the plane because you don't want to pay for why? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are so many uh, instances where um, that like I will save a game for because I know that I can uh, play it in a space where I don't have access to that other stuff. Um, and, you know, that would uh, just be another casualty of, of cloud gaming. It's that time of year. Nintendo Direct speculation is beginning to ramp up. Let's do it! Nintendo has historically held a Direct in January, although last year's happened in February, like we talked about in last week's show. Um, And as part of this speculation, last week a dozen or so new untitled games for Switch were added to GameStop's internal database. Uh, Which is very intriguing stuff. There's no other information. Mm Mm-hmm. But That's it's only it. led. <laughs> That's it. There's just no other information. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's only led to increased speculation that a direct is happening any day now. Although I haven't actually seen if you know, I assume some internet detective has gone back and like seen if there actually is a correlation between games showing up in mm. GameStop's internal database and a, sw- and a uh, direct being announced. Yeah, I feel like in um, yeah, if some detective has done that work, please email us Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com so we can uh, reveal your work on this show. Um, but I, I feel like uh, previous years, um, I don't know if we've been like more hungry for like Switch content, but like as these um, you know twelve new Nintendo Switch games uh, uh, you know appear on GameStop's um, like you know in uh, whatever the their system um that we have been like sort of ravenous to speculate on what those 12 games are um and now i'm just like whatever they are i'll see them when i see them or and uh, is that because you are satiated mm. by dragon quest 11 s echoes of elusive age definitive edition um no i because i i mean i still like new games i i, I don't know if um what i expect those 12 games to be like I, I think there was a time when i would have been like those 12 games are going to be mostly nintendo developed yeah mostly nintendo published games and now i'm like you know what that could be anything i hear you i'm feeling that way about the indie world showcases now as well yeah whereas before there were like big outstanding indie games that you were like oh th- these make a ton of sense to come to switch i bet they'll be announced now it's like i feel like all the known heavy hitters are pretty much out there yeah so yeah, like it's uh difficult to speculate. Yeah. It really could be anything. And again, we did spend an hour speculating <laughs> on what we think uh twenty twenty is gonna bring for Nintendo. And allow me to proffer one more. Oh yes, one more um, prediction. <laughs> uh could one of those potential twelve games from GameStop be Metro Redux for Switch? The game was recent recently rated by the European Ratings Board Peggy. P-E-G-I, yeah. for um, Switch. It's already been released on pretty much every other platform. 
it bundles Metroid 2033, which is Metro, a, not Metro. Metro, yeah, 2033, which is at this point a ten-year-old game, and Metro Last Light in a single package with some like updated graphics and gameplay and stuff like that. I haven't played either of them, but they're really well regarded. They're like first-person horror shooter games. Yeah, uh, they've they've always read as a little bit um like grim and violent for my taste for sure um so i so don't... I think it has some sort of like chernobyl-esque yeah i mean like, the setting the, the the premise is that there is that there has been like a nuclear holocaust and like a, 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 the reason it's called metro is that everything all the civilization lives in the uh tunnels that used to be the subway um so yeah and there was just a a new one of these games that came out maybe uh exodus is that that does that sounds right. Um, that uh came out either last year, I think last year, um, and just it was one of those like uh was much anticipated and then sort of just like came and went, uh, whether swallowed by uh you know all the other big game releases or what. Right. Um, but yeah. So is this is this something that you think that you would want to check out? I uh I don't know. I'm um, but it like gut check time it feels like mm. something mm. that would be in a nintendo direct as like a third party surprise like we've seen doom um other bethesda titles like wolfenstein show up before not that this is a bethesda title but right but it's it, that vein yes it is a, of of a piece um it it yeah and i think like the the series could probably use a little bit of a pop um perhaps even to like inject a little energy into the game that was recently released and sort of flew under the radar um so that could be one of those games According to the analytics firm Sensor Tower, Mario Kart Tour brought in a little over $75 million in revenue in its first 98 days of release. Um, among Nintendo mobile titles, that's second only to Fire Emblem Heroes, which recorded almost $124 million in its first 98 days. But what's interesting to me about this, yeah. because the article that I was reading was like, oh, Mario Kart Tour is like raking in the money for Nintendo. Yeah, $75 million is a lot. What's interesting is that Fire Emblem Heroes did 124 million in its first 98 days based on 11.1 million installs, all this according to Sensor Tower, yeah. in 98 days, versus the 75 million in revenue Mario Kart Tour did on 142.3 million installs. So it means that the people who are playing Fire Emblem Heroes are playing Fire Emblem and Heroes. And spending <laughs> yeah. for the right, for the privilege <laughs> to play Fire Emblem Heroes. I mean, it it does sort of make sense that, because like Mario Kart is such a like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to download it and yeah, try it. Like, for sure. A- a- anyone who's anyone has played Mario Kart. When I saw Family over um, Christmas, like one of the few games that my brother had downloaded to his phone and that his uh, son could play was Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, whereas like, I mean, you got to know what Fire Emblem is to be interested in uh, downloading Fire Emblem, right? Right. Uh, so it's, it's obviously a, a smaller market. Um, and I mean, even though Fire Emblem is sort of like having this moment right now, it's still a relatively small moment. For right? sure. Um, and probably will always be uh, real-time strategy is or turn-based strategy is a niche genre. Well, especially with like Fire Emblem Heroes, which is so based on Fire Emblem Emblem's past. Yes, 
that you're talking about characters the vast majority of people will have maybe seen in Smash Brothers. Yeah, maybe. It's look, it's not heavy hitters like Mario Kart when you can uh, unlock Birdo or whatever. <laughs> oh, you know, the beloved baby Marios. Oh my gosh, so many baby Marios. Did you see? Did you see? That Dr. Mario World continues to add new doctors, including baby Dr. Rosalina. (laughs) Everything that game does feels desperate to me. (laughs) I don't know why. It does. It does. And look, I celebrated when uh, Dr. Dr. Waluigi and Dr. Wario were We're only human. Because, I mean, come on. Didn't it also recently introduce, like, Dr. Drybones Bowser? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Dry Bowser? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. It sounds right. It sounds right. <laughs> Just Dr. Baby is is so, so funny I'm to pretty me. sure that was my favorite movie as a kid. <laughs> uh, Nintendo has new official merchandise available exclusively to my Nintendo members in the United States. I didn't even know that this was a thing they were doing, although I have vague recollection of them releasing Splatoon 2 shirts. Uh, like yeah, special I edition shirts. Kind of remember that but, too. So right now, the ones they released are a Luigi's Mansion three T-shirt with Ghost Pup on it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then there's two Polter Pup. Polter Pup. Yes. Yeah. And then there's two uh, Link's Awakening items. One is a T-shirt, and then one is this. I don't know what you would call it. It's like a high neck pullover thing. Like not a sweatshirt. There's no hood. The neck is just really high, and it does have pull strings, like it it does have a ho- like it like it should have a hood, yeah, but it does not. I mean, I can continue to describe it. I yeah. don't know that it's actually helpful to anybody. Or look, you can go to mynintendo.com and then log in if you have a my Nintendo account. So wait, does, but this means, yeah, this is the thing that you have with like your S- Switch login, right? Right. Okay. It's, yeah. it's the uh, you just like inherit it if you create an account. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, um, so, so these are available for what? For purchase? I didn't... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. You can buy them. They're like 45 bucks each before tax. Um, I like the uh, uh, w- big neck hoodie thing. Big neck hoodie thing is nice. Um, it, so it, has, it comes in two designs. Um, one has the, uh, the Divine Beasts um, from Breath of the Wild on it. And the I think other... that one's old. I think that, that they've think had that for a while. Okay, yeah. got I it. think the Windfish one is the new one. Yeah, the other one is Windfish, and that is as low as forty four ninety nine. It's a steal. Um, the other shirts uh, are twenty four ninety nine. Uh, no, I guess maybe the the short sleeve. What the Polter Pup one is uh, twenty nine ninety nine. Um, the Polter Pup itself glows in the dark. That's the extra five bucks. Yep. Uh, finally, it is AGDQ this week. Awesome Games Done Quick is a speedrunning marathon that started on Sunday and will run through Saturday night. All the donations go to the Prevent Cancer Foundation. You can get a schedule of games being run and donate on their website at gamesdonequick.com. Um, are there any Games Done Quick runs that you are uh, keeping an eye on for this week? Or are there any types of games that you like to see speedruns for? Yeah, there's always, I think it's towards the end. It's on, I think it's on Saturday, but there's a Super Mario Maker 2 like team run oh interesting um i think it's a blind run so they don't see the levels beforehand yeah that i always think those are a ton of fun to watch like people who are amazing at super mario maker 2 just like go through levels for the first time um and then there's always like games 
in there, like Nintendo games, Zelda runs, that kind of stuff that I always love watching. There is also in AGDQ a segment called called Awful Games Done Quick. Yes. Where people are speed running just like the worst games ever. And that's always a lot of fun. If you don't catch them live, you can always find them on YouTube. Yeah. And usually, uh, you know, uh, game websites are pretty good about breaking out like exceptionally like record breaking performances or uh, other stuff. But also like it, this is a fun uh, event to just randomly sample um, and see people playing games. Everyone's so good at explaining how they're doing what they're doing. Um, whenever uh, is someone is uh, breaking a record or like attempting to break a record, one person on the team will be playing while someone else on the team explains how they're clipping through walls or like skipping hours upon hours of the game by like doing a backflip somewhere. Um, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Ocarina of Time playthroughs um, where, you know, they get to the final Ganon boss as young Link with just like a Deku stick um, and no sword. Uh, and, th- and they walk you through like every step of like, okay, now the game is doing this because, you know, it and doesn't have enough memory. so broken. It's so broken. Well, I mean, when you try your hardest to break them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they break. Um, I really like uh, watching the... Um, Link to the Past Randomizer, um, which is a version of Link to the Past where all of the treasure ch- treasure chests in the game are uh, all have randomly different items in them. Um, so I don't know how like the math works out, but there's always a way to finish the game. Have you seen the one where it goes between Super Metroid and I've heard Link about to this. the Past. Yeah. Also, this year there is a Link to the Past randomizer that has audience like voting or participation. Oh, I don't I understand love it. how it works. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um. Uh. Yeah. A- AGDQ is uh, phenomenal. Fully recommend. Um. Checking it out and donating a little bit there and fighting cancer. All right, Mark. I think let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Well, you can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers randomizing the ending and saying thank you for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, 
Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldweight, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, it happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.